Let us pray. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our Old Testament reading comes from the book of Psalm, chapter 78, verses 1 through 7. Listen for the word of the Lord. Give ear, O my people, to my teachings. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children that the next generation might know that the children yet unborn and rise up and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning. The gospel reading comes from Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. Listen again for the word of the Lord. The kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at night there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, no, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went out to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as your word is proclaimed this day, we will hear what you have to say to us. Now let the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, 
O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Through Christ, amen. The sermon title this morning is, Will You Be Ready for the Lord? Jesus was in Jerusalem with his mind set on the cross, and he had taught the disciples many lessons about the future and what is known as the Olivet Discourse, found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Matthew's Gospel has the fullest form, Matthew chapter 24, verse 3 through Matthew 25, verse 46, adding at the end of some parables and other teaching about the coming judgment. Our text, a parable about what the kingdom is like, is also wisdom literature. In the Gospel of Matthew, wisdom becomes the central motif of Jesus' teaching. Many have argued that Jesus was the new Moses when he preached the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We see wisdom in chapter 7 verse 24 when Jesus spoke about the wise man who built his house on rock. In Matthew chapter 24 verses 45 through 51, Jesus talked about a faithful and wise servant as one who was productive whenever his master found him upon his arrival. Our story, only found in Matthew's gospel, is one in which Jesus shared the vivid account of the ten bridesmaids. From the outside, it appeared all ten bridesmaids were the same. They were dressed for the occasion. All brought their lamps, all had the anticipation that they would meet the bridegroom. But we learned quickly that five were foolish. The pivot point of who was foolish was not in their presentation or what was said. It was exposed under the cover of waiting. The foolish were unprepared for the unexpected delay. If we're honest, it can be easy to judge the foolish five because they failed to plan for the worst. I can't help to think about the many times I've been caught off guard because of my lack of preparation. I recall not bringing enough snacks or diapers when I took my grandkids on a fun day excursion. They were crying, other parents were looking at me, and no stores were nearby. That wasn't a good day for them or me. Or when Pastor Joanna and I, on our 15th wedding anniversary, when heading to Jamaica with another couple, we approached the ticket counter at the airport with great joy and anticipation. The representative asked to see our, our tickets, IDs, and passports. The thought of sand between our toes, clear waters, and blue skies soon turned to bewilderment as we simultaneously asked our spouses, did you bring the passports? The flight took off without us, and we lost a day and a half of vacation, leaving the next day and then spending the night in Philadelphia because of our unpreparedness. In their waiting, they were fatigued and had fallen asleep, but that too was not the problem. When the shout came to meet the groom at midnight, the foolish found their lamps flickering. They had a shortage of oil. Worried they would not have enough oil, the foolish bridesmaid said what we would say. Give me some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. 
Many of us worry about being unprepared in life. You don't have to be an adult to have these concerns. You can be a kid. Anxieties about political uncertainty, upcoming tests and quizzes, school or personal safety or financial security. The wise five responded to the foolish five. No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, and while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet and the door was shut. There is futility in preparing when it's too late. Unlike the other kingdom of heaven parables that Jesus used, which were likened to ordinary things, a seed or a net, he used ten bridesmaids to make his disciples wise in the importance of being prepared. Jesus wanted them to know that those who would deny his second coming or felt like I still have time were tragically mistaken. We have all put off today for tomorrow, the next day, and the next day for what we can do today, including our salvation. The parable was pressing home for the audience that the time to live in readiness for the Lord was now, for Jesus, who is the bridegroom, would return like a thief coming in the night. The wise bridesmaids who brought extra oil were able to trim their lamps and keep them lit so that they could meet the bridegroom. They were the true disciples who were alert and prepared and would be separated by Christ from those who were not vigilant in their readiness for his imminent second coming. The oil represented what counted and kept the good deeds of love, mercy, and discipleship until the parousia. In other words, the second coming. The oil allowed the wise bridesmaids and us today to do what Pastor Joanna preached last Sunday. Practice what you preach. It would not be the bridesmaids' looks, long gowns, or glowing lamps that set them apart. It was their readiness for the groom to be delayed. Jesus was telling his disciples in the parable that a faithful servant would be found productive in the kingdom of God. When we live each day in readiness for the Lord, we will wait in expectant hope, renew our oil, and let our light shine until the shout comes to meet Jesus in his return. How can we know we are ready for Jesus? What must we do until he returns? To live in readiness for the Lord, we must first be willing to wait. Waiting and expectant hope can be difficult. It requires patience. Waiting can test our faithfulness. It can be challenging to wait for the test results of an illness. It can be difficult to wait even for good news. We're only satisfied once we get a quick answer. The longer we wait, the more our trials, burdens, and responsibilities seem to grow. 
Our true Christian character, however, is often shown in how we endure such hardships. Unlike the foolish five, the wise five were prepared for the delay, and we too must wait on the Lord. Waiting for the Lord is not a pie in the sky sitting on the sidelines of life until Jesus' return. It is not even the personal space of getting our praise on. Our expectant hope in waiting for Christ is living into the Spirit's inspiration and community together to serve others with our talents and gifts, reflecting the deep love of Christ in our hearts. In our waiting, we are given the opportunity to sanctify our faith and walk in Christ. In other words, Christ's delay gives each of us time to walk the talk authentically. Waiting gives us a chance not to only learn the word, but also to live the word. We get to grow in Christ's presence with us. While all the bridesmaids may have appeared the same, it was, it was late at night when there was the immediate realization of who was serious and who had prepared to wait for as long as it took to meet the king. Our readiness for the Lord is about more than being prepared for the short while. Trouble-free ministries, abundant resources, and easy answers. It is about being prepared when the kingdom to come is delayed. Life is complex, and mercy needs to extend beyond a night. In our challenges of waiting, we must keep the oil renewed. Having oil symbolizes the provision of righteousness and good deeds of love given to us by God's grace supplied by the Holy Spirit. John chapter 1 verse 16 says, From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Prayer is one way we can renew our oil. Prayer opens our hearts to God's presence, power, and witness. So when we are in times of trouble, pray. When life is good, pray. When you are seeking a new direction in life, pray. If you don't know where to turn to next, pray. The word oil, it also means to rejoice or exalt. Our oil might be low if we frown or begrudgingly do God's work. If I can speak for all who attend the Wednesday prayer team meetings, by the time we open our eyes at the end of prayer, the Spirit has refreshed and filled our souls with oil. Spiritual oil renewal is not just for Sundays, weekly Bible studies, or prayer teams, but every day. This is why we have our daily noontime prayer where as a church body, we can come together for five or ten minutes or longer and pray the same prayer to God who can move mountains. We must get into the habit of renewing our oil like a child riding a bike or having an exercise routine. We can pick it up the next day if we miss a day, but our oil renewal must be consistent. Romans chapter 12 verse 12 says, 
Rejoice in hope. Be patient in suffering. Persevere in prayer. Whether our oil is renewed by prayer, reading scripture, fellowship, or other means, we are called to be wise with our time for when the days get dark and we do not know what comes next. Like the wise five when we hear as in verse six, but at midnight there was a shout, look, here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. We can trim our lamps that our light might continue to shine and be ready to meet Christ. As lamps of Christ, we must let our light shine. Too many Christian oil reserves are low. Sometimes we see it in ourselves and others. Many whose oil reserves have run dry are not inspired to read or share the word or testify to what God has done for them. Their flame has flickered and burned out. Some don't even know that their oil has run dry. But I've met believers and people new to the faith who were energized through experiencing the light of someone's witness and service. We must let our light shine. When our light shines brightly, we will have the overflowing love of God in our hearts to serve and encourage others through our life's witness. When was the last time you told someone about Christ? When was the last time you witnessed to someone the reason for your smile or however your light shines, even in the midst of trials? Christ calls us to illuminate dim, dark, and difficult places for God's glory. The psalmist in Psalm 146 verses 7 and 8 praises God because he executes justice for the oppressed gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. Until Christ returns, friends, we have work to do. We must live and work here and now praising the Lord, growing in our faith and using our heads, hearts, and hands to assist those battling great difficulties like homelessness, hopelessness, and hunger and those searching for righteousness and wholeness. We must be in the race for the long haul, waiting in expectant hope, renewing our love for God that will keep our lamps lit as we live into Christ's love through the service of those in need. However bright our light might shine, others should sense the joy in our actions and words. Brothers and sisters in Christ, unlike the wise bride, bridesmaids who were prepared to wait in this parable, which was probably about several hours, we must have an enduring spiritual life. We must keep the wick burning, and each of us must have our own oil that comes from the enduring source of the Holy Spirit. Only by the oil will we have the essential preparation to be anointed to meet Christ.
We must not have a fake it until we make it attitude, but be prepared for the day of the Lord's return. Therefore, we must start living today in readiness. Readiness when all is well. Readiness when times are difficult. Readiness in the challenges of waiting. Readiness for when we will meet Christ and the door will be shut. Have faith in God. Search God's word. Live in hope. Serve others and wait in joy and peace. Trusting and believing by faith in Christ, we will not say in vain, Lord, Lord, open to us. Christ is coming again, and there will be a great banquet. Do you have enough oil? Will you let your light shine? Will you be ready for the Lord? Amen.